Here in Orlando, Florida, O-Town Compost is leading the composting revolution, recycling organic waste into a nutrient-rich resource. Join Charlie Pioli, founder of O-Town Compost, as we hear from the nation's leading voices behind the grassroots community composting movement. Welcome to the Community Composting Podcast. Please rate and review on whichever podcast platform you're listening to. If you feel like this is good content and you're learning a lot about composting. Hi, welcome to episode number 39 of the Community Composting Podcast. I have with me today, Liam with Blue Carbon Compost. He's another Florida community composter and he's not too far away from us in Orlando. He's out in New Samarina Beach, Volusia County, kind of the coastal area. Uh, Liam, thanks so much for joining me. No worries. Liam, too. I'm sorry. I meant to oh, correct you earlier. Liam, my, my bad. It's all uh, good. I've heard that plenty of times growing up, so it's all good. No worries. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so I just want to, you know, really dig into what kind of inspired you to start Blue Carbon Compost. I know that you, we had kind of DM'd in the past on Instagram. You had started it, then it sounded like you maybe... Um, took, you know, took your attention away from it. And then now you're back doing it. Are you doing it full time? Uh, doing it pretty full time. Um, you know, so a little background. My family's got a restaurant here in New Smyrna Beach. Um, you know, it's been around since I think 83 is when it started. Um, so that's kind of how I really got into it. Um, but I'm still working at the restaurants at night uh, full time as well, but kind of doing the compost during the day. Nice. And I assume that restaurant is composting with you. You know, so right now we're just doing residential. We're going to start doing restaurants, I think, later this summer, early fall. Um, but, you know, in the past when I was doing it, we were composting with the restaurant full time. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So right now, you know, so, uh, yeah, we started back collecting residential in April, you know, so just kind of focusing on, on residents at the moment. And uh, we're going to do a run at commercial late summer early fall this year okay and uh if you wouldn't mind sharing what is like what are you what are the the preparation steps you're doing to start taking on the commercial food scraps um well you know so i'll give you a little little run on kind of what we did uh a couple years ago so you know i grew up in the restaurant business um you know and i also started uh I just did a bunch of landscaping growing up, uh, construction, got into backyard and gardening. Um, and so kind of all that kind of mixes in with, you know, composting. But uh, I just started noticing how much it was costing us to throw food away at the restaurants. Um, you know, so that was like kind of my first like, OK, how can we make this change? Like, what can we do to, you know, divert this food scraps? Um and around the same time, I saw this company out of Phoenix, I think it's called a Recycled City. Um, and so I kind of saw what they were doing. I don't know if you've heard of them or not. Um, and so it kind of gave me a little mini aha moment, like, okay, you can actually, you know, put bins in place, collect the food, charge for it, um, you know, with hopes of lowering down that dumpster bill. Um, so I think you I were kind of sh- looking at it as like a cost savings perspective for the commercial. Yeah. And yeah. have you, you know, worked with maybe your, your folks' restaurant or have you seen restaurants actively 
divert enough organic waste to reduce, you know, their, their garbage costs? Yeah, we, um, we actually were able to cut down the bill like kind of in half, but uh, not just from composting, but we also started recycling uh, wow. the bigger plastics uh, and aluminum at the time. So, you know, we were able to hire a recycling company and a compost company, you know, afford to pay them and still save money on the trash bill. Um, it's, it's a, it's a bummer since then because the recycling service that we use for plastic glass and aluminum, they stopped serving the beachside area that we're on. Um, so we had to go back to more pickups, uh, which is, which is a bummer, but you know, it's, it's just, uh, one of those things. I know recycling plastics and glass and all that's, it's, a. Uh, Seems like it's been a bit of a pickle, and not just in the southeast, but nationwide. You know. Yeah, I know down here in Orlando, they don't really recycle glass because there's no markets for it, and it also breaks, gets mixed with you know shredded paper and other materials that really uh, create contamination. So, but you know, different county, different system. So. I'm sure that they're doing it correctly in Volusia. Um, so, you know. So back to preparation. I, yeah, I think I strayed away from your question. Um, yeah. So like, fortunately, you know, growing up in the restaurant business, um, you know, I've, I've just kind of, I can go into a restaurant and just kind of gauge, you know, like kind of just looking at their menu and how big the restaurant is, how many seats kind of, you know, how many, how many pickups are getting in the dumpster per week kind of gauge their, their or estimate, their quality or quantity of food scraps. Um, you know, so being able to work with, with our restaurant, um, we actually have two restaurants now, uh, but it's, it was definitely very helpful to where, uh, you know, it's just kind of putting those bins in place, making sure the prep guys know like, Hey, do your best to take off fruit stickers, bands, tie wraps, all that stuff. Would you say um, most of the food waste is coming from the prep, the food prep before, you know, the restaurants even open? Or would you say a lot, a lot more of it comes from, you know, bussers and servers scraping leftovers? Um, I'd say, I mean, a little bit of both. So I was, we were just collecting pre-consumer, um, you know, just fruit and veggies, uh, a little bit of meat scraps, seafood scraps here and there. Um, I never started collecting the post-consumer. I would like to in the future. Um, but I'd say, I mean, it's probably 50-50, maybe even more on the post-consumer. Um, you know, but uh, I know every restaurant's different. But, um, you know, so we supply the restaurants with 32-gallon wheeled totes, you know, and we'd pick those up, uh, I think, every three or four days or kind of whenever they needed them picked up. Okay. Um, are you, uh, are they using bins inside the kitchen that they're then relaying the scraps out to the 32 gallon totes or are they just wheeling the totes in and out, you know, in and out? A little bit of both. Um, but the better, the better system was when they were using a couple five gallon buckets. Mm -hmm. And then once that five gallon bucket was full, they go and pit, dump it in the 32 gallon tote. We pick up the tote, you know, we drop them off with a clean tote. And they'd be responsible for, you know, cleaning their own buckets. Um, so that's, I think that's the better system personally. Um, you know, we, we worked with a couple other restaurants here in town 
And that kind of made sense for them as well. That way they're not wheeling this, you know, toter all throughout the restaurant. Yeah. And it sounds like you do a swap of the, of the larger commercial bins, the 32 gallon totes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, that would be probably the only way I could see someone, you know, using those 32 gallon totes in their kitchen, because if you're just emptying them, like O-Town Compost does, they, we do replace the liner, but they still, you know, might be, uh, they might, you know, get dirty. They might attract soldier fly larva. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we recommend to our clients to have a, a separate bin in the back of house. And I, I love the five gallon bucket because it's, it's small. Anyone can hold it. It only gets up to about 25 pounds. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a great way to just minimize the trips out to the larger containers outside. Yeah, definitely. So awesome. And uh, what are the other kind of selling points for your soon to be commercial clients that you're kind of preparing for? You know, it's going back to saving them money. I mean, that's that would be like the I don't know if this is number one goal, but it's also it's a great selling point. And it's also it also depends on, you know, if if a restaurant sharing a dumpster with another restaurant or they don't have dumpsters, they just have the wheeled totes. Um, you know, and they might not be able to save money, um, you know, so if that's not an option, um, you know, we try to give them some green marketing, you know, we, you know, we'll record the weight, give that to them weekly or monthly so that so they can publish that as well. Um, you know, and then going back to just going to restaurants that really have that, that want to compost, you know, I mean, not every restaurant, the reality is, is going to want to compost, you know, so it's really kind of targeting the ones that are kind of more eco-friendly, you know, and then kind of, they really stand for the value of food as far as, you know, serving it, prepping it, and also discarding it properly, you know. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, I was recently told, like, I, I recently went to a cafe who is kind of interested in composting and you know I get in there I could tell the owner was already skeptical of the service he kind of just deadpan looked at me and then I told him what we offer you know our, what our service is about what our mission is and he said besides the environment like how is this helping us and you know that's not the first time I've heard that one but mm-hmm. I basically said you know depending on if you pay for garbage service, you know, this can, you divert enough organics from your, your dumpsters, you can reduce your garbage collection service, but they uh, were in a big plaza where they're sharing a dumpster, their landlord takes care of the cost. You know, it it wasn't uh, ideal. Uh, It's not, I mean, that's the situation for a lot of commercial clients, unfortunately. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, it, there has to be that want to do yeah, right for the environment. And I think you do a great job. I see your graphics on Instagram. You, you really do a great job, like bringing the, you know, attention to what your mission's about and composting. But um, yeah, that, that's a great way we really support our commercial clients is we give them shout outs and Definitely. People love that. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of the, the customers too, that come in the restaurant, you know, they, uh, 
a lot of them really appreciate it, you know, because they can put it on their menu and they you know that they're composting with the, we can have our logo on the menu and all that. I know that kind of definitely hits home for a lot of people, you know. So are you thinking of, um, tell, tell, you know, tell me a little bit about your processing side. Are you actually processing your own food scraps into compost? Yeah, so we're hauling and we're doing the processing right now. Um, some buddies of mine, some real good friends of mine, they have a yard debris site, composting site here in town. Um, so they're renting me a little spot at their facility where I'm doing the, the food scrap processing. Um, they make a really good yard debris compost and topsoil. Um, that's how I kind of got into it too. I've, when I started doing backyard gardening maybe 10 years ago or so, I'd always just go and get a truckload of soil from these guys. And then uh, as things move forward, it kind of clicked to be like, you know, let's just start making some, uh, you know, some around with the food scraps and all that. But, uh, but yeah, so we have a little site that we're, uh, you know, we're processing right now. Um, right now we are using a little bit of hay, some horse manure, shredded paper, food scraps, and uh, some wood chips and like a shredded yard debris. You know, the shredded yard debris, sometimes it'll be complete wood chips. Sometimes we'll have a little bit of green in it as well. Um, so that's kind of what we're using for uh, feedstock to go with the food scraps at the moment. And you and your buddies have the equipment to manage it or is it kind of manual? So they... Um, Right now we're doing all manual. Um, that's another reason why I'm not, I don't want to mess with the restaurants until, uh, you know, we get a nice little uh, piece of equipment. So uh, I've been looking at a little Kubota. I think it's the L525. Um, looking at price, not one of those. And then I have another friend who's got like a, uh, one of the cat skid steers that he said we could kind of borrow and rent from him. So, uh, you know, moving forward with the restaurants, we'll definitely be using some equipment, but the amount of scale that we're at right now, with just residential. It's, uh, it's pretty simple just to do it by hand and, uh, you know, save some, uh, save a little bit of money before we go into the expense of a machinery, you know? Definitely. And I mean, that's interesting to hear that your friends were already making yard waste compost. Do they kind of see the value in introducing kind of the nutrient-rich food waste feedstock into their into their already yard waste compost yeah um you know so it's uh, it's two brothers that run the site and uh you know one of them i'm trying to slowly convince them to kind of go a little bit more bigger scale you know so they're not really doing anything like hands-on with me at the moment they kind of have their operation going keeping it separate um you know but i'm kind of just slowly convincing them to uh you know kind of merge a little bit but uh so maybe in the future you know yeah but uh they definitely they definitely see the value in it um you know i mean that's one of the reasons why they you know they let me come down and do my operation at their site as well so very appreciative of that um yeah, one thing i always do with our compost site partners because we don't process but we work with farmers and nurseries is you know after i unload the food scraps or what I tell my drivers is, you know, make sure that these farmers and processors are not seeing any contamination. We, mm -hmm. you know, we walk around the load, pick out what we can find. Um, you know, you're not going to get everything, but you get what's uh, visible. And then, um, 
And then the other thing is breaking open bags. Uh, do you use um, compostable liners at all in your? In yeah, your we do. Um, you know, so we've using uh, we've been working with Commit to Green. Um, they're based out of New York City. I got to know the owner really well. Her name's Shien Ru. Um, you know, when I started years ago, I made a phone call to her about getting some bags, and she uh, she sent me some down, and she's been really supportive and helpful. Um, you know, so we've been using those bags and, uh, we'll use brown paper bags if, uh, you know, if we run out of the compostable bags. Um, but yeah, we're definitely using liners. Um, it helps with cleaning. You know, I know you've, you've been through it as well. Um, you know, it's an extra cost of having that liner in each bag, but I think it saves time for the bucket swap cleaning as well. Um, and I think it, it helps the customer, you know, you tell them it's got the green liner in there. It kind of gives them a little bit more security as well. Yeah. yeah. I remember a while back, I kind of priced it out and it's about 10 to 15 cents per bucket. If you're buying, you know, the, the liners for the five gallon bucket. So yep. it adds up, but um, I think if you're considering how, how much longer <clears throat> the washing cleaning process would take, it's totally worth it. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's awesome. Um, and I guess, um, you know, what, uh, where do you see blue carbon compost in the next three to five years, would you say? Um, you know, we're just, uh, it's actually been really nice, you know, so, you know, we started in, started collecting again in April and it's been a really slow start, but it's also really nice, you know, not feeling overwhelmed. Um, so we just kind of want to slowly grow, get some more residential clients. Um, I think we, uh, with the exception of a juice bar that we might start doing this next week or two, um, you know, focus on residential all summer, start with some commercial, uh, you know, this fall, and then just slowly start getting more, uh, more clients and really just focusing on that end product. You know, we just want to have, you know, the best compost in East Central Florida. Um, as well as some compost soil blends as well, you okay. know, so focus on that back end product and just get it out the door when it's done. And, and what do you plan on doing with that back end product? Is that part of your residential subscription service to donate some of that back? What about your commercial service as well? Yeah, definitely. We do the, the donate back twice a year. Um, you know, and then, uh, if any of our clients, whether it be residential or commercial want to buy some you know, we'll give them a discounted price on it, um, you know, and then for anyone else, it's just really trying to sell what we can, you know, what we can make and produce, whether it be to farmers, backyard and gardeners, um, you know, just selling at farmers markets, kind of, you know, anywhere that we can, that we can sell it at really. As you start to take on more food scraps, you realize very quickly that you need a better composting system to process the material. This is why I highly recommend the aerated static pile micro bin designed and made easy by O2 Compost. In 60 days, I have finished compost without putting in the labor of turning the pile. The piles heat up to over 140 degrees, killing pathogens, weed seeds, and fly larvae, making the end product safe to use in the garden. With 32 plus years of experience in the compost industry, Peter Moon, owner of O2 Compost, is a leading expert in the field of ASP composting. I encourage you to set up a free half an hour consultation with Peter Moon by going to his website 
www.o2compost.com. That's the letter O, the number two, compost.com. If you mention that you heard about O2 Compost on this podcast, you'll receive a 10% discount on the purchase of the Microbin Compost Training Program. And what are some of the different blends that you would like to see yourself uh, get into? I mean, I'd say, you know, a straight compost blend, um, you know, and then uh, I follow, I'm sure, I think I've heard the podcast with you with uh, Rust Belt Riders, and uh, I kind of like their model. I think they have three or four different soil blends. Uh, I think one is like an in, uh, indoor potting mix, one just like a raised bed, uh, outdoor, outdoor potting mix, and I think one is kind of geared towards cannabis. Um, and I think that is like the market to go. You know, I, it's things kind of slowly change in Florida laws and regulations, um, you know, kind of focus on those three end products. Yeah. Um, you know, indoor, outdoor, and then something in the cannabis hemp field as well. Yeah, I think cannabis will be legal here in probably the next few years. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I use the Rust Belt Riders as like the end product experts. You know, they do yeah, no they doubt. Even name their uh, different products like Germinate. They name it like, you yeah, know. Yeah, they have the outside. Seed Starter one as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So... I definitely think that's good to look at them. Um, yeah, so- I did the uh, I did the CO the COTC um, a couple years ago up in Raleigh, the uh, compost operations training course, and uh, it was just super informative on everything. That? What's that? Who taught that course? Um, let's see. There was a. Uh, there was quite a few people. They had a uh, um, Noel Lyons from McGill Composting. Um, I think Gary Bilbro was there. Um, Atlas Organics was there, uh, yeah, and then they had re- representatives from uh, kind of a bunch of people coming in. We had a guy come in with a business plan. Uh, Carl, I forget his last name. Um, a guy from Compost Now came in and did the uh explained about compost now and everything and uh so it was it was really really informative um and i definitely recommend it for anyone listening that that really wants to go deeper into this industry is to go to one of these courses because they just give you a massive very good amount of information um Mm -hmm. and a lot of hands-on stuff too but uh yeah we went to uh, the mcgill facility and i think it's outside of raleigh and it's just mind-blowing just the scale that these guys do it on mm-hmm. and uh it was just really cool to see um I believe there's a mcgill facility in gainesville too i would like to visit someday okay nice nice yeah that's not too far from you no so i mean you're planning on doing right now you're doing new samarina beach but you're uh planning on expanding your service area all of Belusha county which is pretty large, if I remember. It's like Daytona Beach. Um, what other? Yeah, it's, it's a large county. Uh, like so. Yeah. So right now, I got um, I got a couple clients in Daytona, Port Orange, Ormond Beach, uh, mm-hmm. New Smyrna, and Edgewater. 
Um, you know, so uh, kind of slowly creeping out and growing. Um, but yeah, definitely, it's it's a large county. Um, what does your collection schedule look like? Are you going right now? We're just we're just collecting on Wednesdays at the moment. Um, you know, we're still micro scale, micro hall. We got about fifteen residential clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we're just easy enough to knock them all out in one day. Um, you know, so we're collecting, collecting and processing on Wednesdays and then, uh, kind of turn in our piles every three to four days, kind of depending, you know? Okay, cool. And what, um, what do you feel has been your biggest challenges so far, or maybe the last time in your last time operating blue carbon? Um, we, so I kind of, I had a, we definitely had a rough start. I, uh, I started the, so we started collecting, you know, we started collecting kind of for fun from the restaurants in the fall of 2017. Um, just kind of going like, Hey, can we do this? Um, I had a buddy of mine that had some land west of town. And so we just started messing around like, okay, let's, let's figure this out. You know, we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, and then we kind of started collecting for profit in the start of, uh, I guess it was about the end of January, 2018. Um, Oh yeah, the the start of 2018. Excuse me, and then uh, I my brother passed away. I had a kid. I kind of found out all about it in the same week, and then uh, so just starting thinking about starting a business was just like, okay, what's going on here? Um, crazy, you week. know. So it was yeah, it was a crazy week for sure. Um, so we kind of still kind of kept up with the restaurant uh, that that first year. Um, and then towards the end of 2018, we started, you know, just kind of got our act together and started doing, got more residential clients. Uh, we are at the farmer's market, kind of promoting the service. Uh, we were selling some, some of the compostable bags as well. And then uh, we had a good run from, you know, 2019, excuse me, uh, the fall of 2018 to 2019, that's kind of when we, we were running really good. I think that the most time we had 27, or, uh, 27 residential clients and like six commercial clients. So I think we were doing anywhere from like two to 4,000 pounds a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got back, I went to the COTC in the fall of 2019, got back and uh, things just kind of started unraveling the the site that we were working on previously which isn't the site that we're at now um it just wasn't really built for the amount that we could take on mm. and so uh i remember texting all the residential clients and just said hey i gotta pull the plug for a little bit taking a break uh, i gotta stop collection services and uh kind of said the same to all our commercial clients as well and uh i just told myself like you know what if you want to do this in the future you got to stop right now you know, get your bearings back and, uh, you know, the time will come where you can start it again. Um, you know, so that, that was just, you know, that was, it was rough, but at the same time we had to do it, you know, there wasn't, we couldn't keep up with the pace that we had. Um, you know, so I guess going back to the biggest challenge though, now is just, you know, not letting it turn into a work and job that you're not going to enjoy. You know, yeah. because uh, oh, you it's all it's oh. all fun and games. Yeah, it's all fun and games until it starts getting real serious. You mm-hmm. get real overwhelmed, you know, with collecting all these food scraps. And uh, it can be hard to deal with sometimes. So 
yeah, I guess the, the biggest challenge is keeping, keeping it fun, keeping it creative and, uh, you know, not getting too ahead of ourselves and just, uh, taking it one day at a time, really. Yeah. So at some point, you know, you must've felt like you were in the right place to start it up again. What was, what was that place like for you? Um, you know, so we stopped collecting, I think it was, uh, yeah, it was the fall in October, 2019, you know, so before, before COVID hit, we stopped. Um, and then all of 2020, I just, you know, kept up with my little backyard compost. And then, uh, in 2021, we started collecting from the restaurants just for fun, just to kind of get back in the swing of things, not for profit or anything. And, uh, we, we had a couple really nice batches in 2021. Uh, I think for about six months, we were collecting 40 gallons a week, you know, so still small scale, but enough to, you know, to have some nice piles. Um, and then let's see the late 2021 started 2022. I started talking with my buddies that have the yard waste site and, uh, you know, they were open up, they're open to having me rent out a little zone at their spot. And then, uh, kind of once that was in place, it was just kind of, okay, let's, let's get the ball rolling again. Um, contacted some of our previous residential clients. A lot of them got back on board. We got a couple new customers, um, just going out talking to the farmer's markets and everything. And, uh, yeah, so it just, everything kind of fell back into place, you know? Nice. And, um, what does your, your team look like, uh, besides you? And I guess your two friends are, nice enough to let that let you rent their space but yeah so I got um I got my cousin who's helping me she's like my basically like social media content creator oh nice um yeah she's got a real knack for all that stuff so she's been helping me do create content um and just helping me with uh Instagram social media and all that and then uh I got one guy that's helping me with labor as well you know, so it's pretty much like a three-team operation right now. Um, you know, they're both part-time. You know, they have other jobs as well at the moment. So uh, it kind of works out for them, too. They can keep up with their other jobs and mm-hmm. then uh, kind of work for me as well. Cool. Yeah, I know when I first started uh, O-Town Compost, even though it was just a one-man operation, I still was always talking in the plural because, mm-hmm. you know, I knew that it would get big someday and it would be like you know more than myself and and I feel like that gives it some kind of legitimacy that you know this is not just one dude with a pickup truck it's literally a lot more than that so yeah I think that's how I kind of was before too when we were doing it a couple years ago it was kind of I had a hard time kind of letting people in you know thinking that you could kind of run it by yourself and all that but you know it's just it's just really not an option you really got to have a good team in place to to make it work you know yeah like if you want to go out of town I mean it's got to kind of sustain itself and definitely are you um do you have any experience in in your background running a business like where does your business acumen come from um I did go to business school I did not graduate I dropped out um which is ironic and then I started a business um but uh, just growing up in the restaurant industry, um, you know, I've I've done a little bit of everything as far as in the restaurant, um, you know, front of house, back of house, 
serve, bartend, manage a little bit of kitchen experience. And then uh, I'm really good friend with our accountant as well. So um, definitely just seeing how a business works, I'd say is just an understanding. It has just been all from the restaurant, you know, a lot yeah. of, a lot of moving parts, a lot of costs, a lot of product, a lot of material, um, you know, so I'd say understanding the business has come from the restaurants for sure. Yeah, that's a big advantage, you know, being really close with the accountant and yeah, it's a lot of moving parts. So, you know, that's important for community composters to kind of understand what it takes to run a business and finances because, you know, it's a lot more than just the feel good composting. And I think, you know, uh, that it really helps to have some kind of background, even if you just take a, a quick course online or watch YouTube videos. For sure. Yeah, when I went up to the COTC in Raleigh, um, you not only learn a, a lot about just the whole composting process and feedstocks, um, but I think, or my biggest takeaway at least, was the whole business aspect of it. You know, like they're not in it to play around. Of course, they're doing a very good job. They're diverting waste from the landfill, make, making, you know, compost, which is just an amazing product for the earth and gardeners and farmers. But, uh, but you know, it, it, they really focus on the business aspect of it, mm-hmm. you know, to where it's just like, hey, if you're going to make this work, you know, what you can collect it, you can make all this compost, you know, what are you going to do with your end product? How are you going to market it? You know, going, going back to cost, what's everything going to cost you? you know right. so um that was that was a big eye-opener for me too up there just like okay this isn't just like some saving the world gimmick this is like this is a business you know that, mm-hmm. that you got to be profitable or else, or else it's just gonna you know it's, gonna it's not gonna work yeah yeah you know so that's interesting yeah. and compost now is you know one of the most successful community composters i saw that they just expanded out to cincinnati and when they're wow. already in the Triangle area of North Carolina, Charleston, and Atlanta. So, I mean, they're doing something right. And I guarantee that, you know, they're, you know, they have, if you go to their website, you look at their investors and they're all people who are in the compost industry, but also mm-hmm. are like the head of large companies like Rototiller and, mm-hmm. you know, other other composting companies so yeah definitely well i think that's pretty much it but thanks so much liam and yeah charlie and i wish you all the success you know feel free to hit me up on instagram if you have any questions and next time i'm out there in new samarina uh soaking up the rays i'll i'll come by what is the name of the restaurant that your family runs yeah, you're more than welcome to come by. We'll do a little beach day. I'll teach you how to surf. And uh, yeah, you're welcome anytime. We'll go for a boat ride or something. Um, so my family's restaurants, it's uh, Clancy's Cantina and Cafe Verde. Okay. You know, so they're both located on the beach side of New Smyrna, right on Flagler Avenue. It's our little beachside strip. And uh, yeah. yeah, so got to give them a little plug. You know, if, you, if anyone's listening in the area, come by, check, check us out. Yeah, New Smyrna Beach is beautiful. So I... When I think of New Samaritan, the two restaurants I'm familiar with is Garlic and JV Fish Camp. I oh, hope yeah. you can get both of them to compost in the future too. Cause they, Definitely. 
they attract a lot of people, but. They sure do, no doubt. All right, well, take care. Have a good rest of the day. Hey, Charlie, too. Appreciate it, brother. Thank you. If you enjoy the Community Composting Podcast and want to support future episodes, please follow the link in the episode show notes to give a small monthly reoccurring donation, even if it's 5 to $10 a month. We'll continue to come out with killer content to keep the grassroots movement rolling.